Walt Disney World Memories Podcast, Memory 34, The Hall of Presidents. Today's memory is made possible by the recurring supporters. These are listeners like you that are helping to ensure that we can continue to produce high-quality family entertainment as we've been doing since 2006. As a thank you for their generosity, these supporters receive gifts from me like ad-free and early access to episodes. If you would like to find out how to join the recurring supporters for as little as $1 a month, visit our website at www-memories.net slash support. You can now become a supporter directly through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Patreon, as well as many other ways. I hope you can agree that the work we have put into the show is worth it and would consider a small support donation. Again, to find out how you can help, go to www-memories.net slash support. memory 34 of the Walt Disney World Memories podcast. My name is Lou and I'll once again be your host as we take this journey into another Disney World memory. Quick note, uh, yeah, I know, last episode I said memory 31. Sorry, it was actually 33. I realized it later and figured, uh, whatever. I'll just get it out. Anyways, today's request came from a good friend of mine, Brian. Oh, again, about a year ago. Man, I sound like Hotford. Uh, his request was for the Hall of Presidents, amongst others. His request was simple. Just a, uh, I'd like to hear the Hall of Presidents. Uh, it's that simple, guys. Well, it's a little late, but it couldn't be more appropriate. As we Americans give thanks for our country, it's great to reflect on the freedoms that were and are being defended by our leaders. This show, while some consider boring, Iago, uh, I personally find it interesting. It's not my favorite attraction, and oftentimes it, I use it to avoid a storm, but I always come out grateful for the 30 minutes that I spent inside. So today's audio is a special one. I sadly haven't been back to Walt Disney World in almost three years now, so I don't have the latest incarnation. Uh, To make up for it, I'm sharing the previous two versions. Uh, We'll start by revisiting a stereo memory from August of 1999 on a trip with my family. Uh, The current narrator at this time is Maya Angelou, and and President Clinton is going to give it the speech. We'll then jump to a binaural memory from that same 2006 anniversary trip with my wife and get to hear the narration by J.D. Hall and the speech given by President Bush. Uh, Both audio clips start just as the show begins. Sadly, I haven't realized how much fun just hearing the queue or wait areas are yet and just started recording right when the show begins. Uh, It's still good audio, though. Now sit back and relax, close your eyes, and come with me as we meet a few great Americans. We, we the people, we hold 
hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. With these words from the Declaration of Independence, we defined ourselves as a nation. These few words embody the American dream. Without that dream, we would not be Americans. In 1787, after a bitter and bloody war against British rule, the 13 American states which had united to win independence sent representatives to a constitutional convention charged with creating a document that would implement the principles of democracy for which they had fought so long and risked so much. Gentlemen, many issues have been resolved here and some have been set aside. Yet can we not agree that these constitutional liberties must extend to those Americans purchased and raised as slaves? convention fails to insert some security to the southern states against an emancipation of slaves, we can never receive the plan. My good countrymen, the warmest friends this constitution has do not contend that it is free from imperfections, but there is a constitutional door open for change. I think the people can decide on the alterations and amendments which time may prove necessary. General Washington, sir. Mr. Franklin. Fellow delegates, I cannot help expressing a wish that every member of this convention who may still have objections to it would, with me, doubt a little of his own infallibility and put his name to this instrument. And so it was that we, the people, in an age ruled by monarchs and tyrants, established a government bound by the wishes and desires of the governed. That first generation of citizens soon chose George Washington as America's first president. We were going to be a land of opportunity in which the spirit of freedom would grow and expand with the American frontier. Yet, planted in our path every step of the way were the seeds of unresolved conflict. Jackson, brilliant, rough-hewn, 
courageous. There's nothing I shudder at more than the idea of separation of this union. I tell you, if a single drop of blood be shed in defiance of the laws of the United States, I will hang the first man I can get my hands on to the first tree I can find. In the end, though, the conflict would not be averted by words, by threats, by compromise, or by laws. Though many good men and women struggled to settle it in those ways. One of them was a humble, plain-spoken citizen, a self-taught lawyer named Abraham Lincoln. I tell you that this doctrine of Lincoln's declaring that all men are made equal by the Declaration of Independence and by divine providence is a monstrous heresy. You know nothing. You cannot. My fellow citizens, I believe this government cannot endure permanently half-slave and half-free. A house divided against itself cannot stand. That's what you think, young drink of water? Yes, my friend, that's what I think. If you have listened to suggestions to believe that all men are not created equal, let me entreat you to come back. If the Declaration of Independence is not the truth, let us get the statute book in which we find it and tear it out. Who is so bold to do it? No one, I won't. If it is not true, let us tear it out. Let us stick to it then. Let us stand firmly by it. Abraham Lincoln lost that election in 1858, but in losing, he won. For the people did not forget this impassioned man from the prairie who could not bring himself to violate the essential justice of the American dream. Two years later, they sent him to the White House. By then, the time for reasonable words had passed. I know there is a God and that he hates injustice and slavery. I see the storm coming. I know his hand is in it. We Americans had given Lincoln the hardest task any American president would ever face. When our nation was formed, we had slaves among us. Yet that does not destroy the principle that is the charter of our liberties. Now is the time for decision, for firm, persistent, resolute action. I shall act as I deem best calculated to make America a union of hearts and hands as well as states. I wish to do justice to all. Blood of Americans was shed in a great 
level roared. And when it was over, the nation had been preserved, and the institution of slavery was gone forever. But the prejudice and injustices it left in its wake would test every generation of Americans down to our own. Still, the dream endured. As the frontiers of America pushed on to the Pacific Ocean and beyond, as waves of immigrants swelled our population, new voices would rise to insist again and again that we, the people, must mean all the people. Freedom is a land without boundaries. The work of America will never be done. Each new generation will be asked to discover the part it must play. And each new generation will leave unfinished tasks for the generations that follow. we look upon a mirror of ourselves. The leaders we have chosen to safeguard our rights and our ideals, to imagine the future and to embrace its challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, the presidents of the United States. George Washington. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, James K. Polk, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren G. Harding, Kelvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Harry S. Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, 
John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, Richard M. Nixon, Gerald R. Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, and the current President of the United States, Bill Clinton. My fellow citizens, we are the heirs of the great American Revolution. As this millennium draws to a close and the 21st century approaches, let us pause to honor the very idea of America. America mirrors the world's diversity, yet it remains united in its struggle to uphold fundamental freedoms. We believe our nation's happiness still evolves from liberty, from opportunity, and from the vision of equality set forth by our country's Declaration of Independence. And today, our nation stands as a symbol of freedom and inspiration of people all around the world. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. And there is nothing wrong with the world that cannot be cured by the ideals that America represents. Those principles have no borders. And we look forward to a day when those principles extended beyond our borders will have circled the globe. The quest for democracy must continue until all the people of the world enjoy the freedom we must always fight to preserve. The spirit of America is as bright and hopeful today as it was in July of 1776. And we are ready to carry our great national experiment forward into the next millennium. If the experience of these extraordinary men adds up to any one thing, it is this. To be true to the American dream, one must have the wisdom to remember and the courage to change. In honoring these men, protectors of our heritage, servants of our dream, guides to the future we face together, we honor the enduring meaning of America. We, we the people, hear in their voices the voice of our own hearts. President Abraham Lincoln. My fellow countrymen, I have often inquired of myself what great principle or idea it was that kept this confederacy so long together. It was that all should have an equal chance, that all are created equal. This is the sentiment embodied in the Declaration of Independence. Most governments have been based on the denial of rights. Ours began by affirming our rights. Let us turn this government into the channel in which the framers of the Constitution originally placed it. If we cannot give freedom to every creature, let us do nothing that will impose upon another creature. True democracy makes no inquiry 
about the color of the skin or place of birth or any other circumstance or condition. We propose to give all a chance. We expect the weak to grow stronger, the ignorant wiser, and all better and happier together. Let it be as nearly reached as we can. For the struggle of today is not altogether for today. It is for the vast future also. So may our children and our children's children for a thousand generations rejoice under those glorious institutions bequeathed us by Washington and continue to enjoy the benefits conferred upon us by a united country. The warmest friends this Constitution has do 
cannot contend that it is free from imperfections. But there is a constitutional door open for change. I think the people can decide on the alterations and amendments which time may prove necessary. General Washington, sir. Mr. Franklin. Fellow delegates, I cannot help expressing a wish that every member of this convention who may still have objections to it would, with me, doubt a little of his own infallibility and put his name to this instrument. And so it was that we, the people, in an age ruled by monarchs and tyrants, established a government bound by the wishes and desires of the governed. That first generation of citizens soon chose George Washington as America's first president. We were going to be a land of opportunity in which the spirit of freedom would grow and expand with the American frontier. Yet planted in our path, every step of the way, were the seeds of unresolved conflict. The federal government's tariff is hereby declared null, born, and no law in the state of South Carolina. Here's here. We must protect our right to slave. If we do not stop such intrusion, federal laws will one day extend to all trade in the South. We should not keep up the energy. But Americans have always had a gift for summoning leaders equal to the deadliest crisis. And one of them was President Andrew Jackson. Brilliant, rough-hewn, courageous. There's nothing I shudder at more than the idea of separation of this union. I tell you, if a single drop of blood be shed in defiance of the laws of the United States, I will hang the first man I can get my hands on to the first tree I can find. In the end, the conflict would not be averted by words, by threats, by compromise, or by laws, though many good men and women struggled to settle it in those ways. One of them was a humble, plain-spoken citizen, a self-taught lawyer named Abraham Lincoln. I tell you that this doctrine of Lincoln's declaring that all men are made equal by the Declaration of Independence and by divine providence is a monstrous heresy. These are no-nothing. My fellow citizens, I believe this government cannot endure permanently half-slave and half-free. A house divided against itself cannot stand. <laughs> That's what you think, young drink of water? Yes, my friend. That's what I think. If you have listened to suggestions to believe that all men are not created equal, let me entreat you to come back. If the Declaration of Independence is not the truth, 
Let us get the statute book in which we find it and tear it out. Who is so bold to do it? No one. I won't. If it is not true, let us tear it out. Let us stick to it then. Let us stand firmly by it. Abraham Lincoln lost that election in 1858, but in losing, he won. For the people did not forget this impassioned man from the prairie who could not bring himself to violate the essential justice of the American dream. Two years later, they sent him to the White House. By then, the time for reasonable words had passed. I know there is a God, and that he hates injustice and slavery. I see the storm coming. I know his hand is in it. We Americans had given Lincoln the hardest task any American president would ever face. When our nation was formed, we had slaves among us. Yet that does not destroy the principle that is the charter of our liberties. Now is the time for decision, for firm, persistent, resolute action. I shall act as I deem best calculated to make America a union of hearts and hands as well as states. I wish to do justice to all.
In this hall of presidents, we look upon a mirror of ourselves. The leaders we have chosen to safeguard our rights and our ideals. To imagine the future and to embrace its challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, the presidents of the United States. George Washington. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, James K. Polk, Zachary Taylor, Miller Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William H. Cap, Woodrow Wilson, Warren G. Hardy, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Harry S. Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, Richard M. Nixon, Gerald R. Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Bill Clinton, and the current President of the United States, George W. Bush. My fellow Americans, when we look back on the history of this country, we see a record of almost unbelievable energy, sacrifice, hard work, of impossible dreams that our ancestors dreamed and made real. We see injustice, too, that weighs on our hearts even today. But for every injustice, there has always been a voice crying out to right it, and America has always listened to those voices. We are listening today. And perhaps it falls to us this first generation of the 21st century Americans to say once and for all that no child, no race, no creed, no ethnic community will ever again be left out of the American dream. Through education, through the opportunity to work, and to enjoy the fruits of that work, we can open every closed door, expand the horizons of all Americans. Again and again, we return to the same simple principles, freedom, the quality, the freedom to create, to prosper, to dream, 
equality before the law in the workplace and the chance for a better life. And each time, in the process, America grows stronger. The beacon of democracy grows brighter. The world looks in new astonishment at what free people can do. We the people are just getting started. If the experience of these extraordinary men adds up to any one thing, it is this. To be true to the American dream, one must have the wisdom to remember and the courage to change. In honoring these men, protectors of our heritage, servants of our dream, guides to the future we face together, we honor the enduring meaning of America. We, we the people, hear in their voices the voice of our own hearts. President Abraham Lincoln.
perfect Thanksgiving memory. Thank you, Brian, for requesting it. If you'd like to request a memory to visit, send an email to requests at www-memories.net. Uh, for more information and photos of the Hall of Presidents, as well as many other Disney World attractions, please visit my website. From the podcast link on the website, you can download older memories, read show notes, leave me comments, or maybe donate to the Memory Archive Recovery Fund that I talk about in episode 18A. Also, I love hearing from you, so if you'd like to give me some feedback directly about this or other episodes, email me at podcast at www-memories.net. Or if you'd like to take a second to leave me some feedback on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to send me a friend invite on this friends, or uh, check out the fan page on Facebook. So thanks again for listening, and join me again in two weeks, wow, as we relive another Walt Disney World memory. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our show. Ray Taylor, what did you think of it? Great!